All right, everybody, we're back with another episode of Pass, Play, or Purchase. I know it's been a while, but this is your host, Kevin. And this is Leanne. As always, thanks for listening. So today we'll take a look at Taverns of Tiefenthal, which came out in 2019 and has you take on the role of a tavern owner. So this game is for two to four players and was designed by Wolfgang Warsch, uh, who was also responsible for Quacks of Quedlinburg. Oh, yes. Yep. Um, yeah, the, the names are always fun, a uh, little bit of alliteration, if you will, and yeah, definitely a little bit challenging to pronounce, but again, fun games. Uh, and I think, yeah, he chooses uh, interesting location names. I, I guess I'm not too sure what Quedlinburg was uh, supposed to represent, but I guess Leanne will share a fun fact later about Tiefenthal. So moving on, the game goes for about $54. Uh, it's expected to last around 60 minutes, which... I guess when I think of it, I mean, I guess that sounds possible. Uh, but when we've played it, it's normally like three to four players. And I think it runs a bit longer, if you will. Play faster. Oh, wow. All right. There you go. Um, but yeah, maybe with three, you could you could kind of squeeze towards that timeline. Uh, like she's saying, I guess if you play kind of quickly, uh, it's a highly modular game. And it's one of those, I guess, hopefully you'll see some pictures later on to really understand what I mean, because it's kind of like a literal puzzle setup. And I'm not saying you know, it's anything complicated where, you know, you got to really figure out, oh, where does this piece go? I mean, you know, there there's connections that very much look kind of jigsaw puzzle-like, but artistically, you'll see where each piece is meant to fit. So, yeah, I mean, good job on that. Uh, but that's what really makes it modular because you, you play with various types of pieces so you can include some, leave others out. You know, again, just makes it a little bit more fun. And so what you're doing is you're trying to generate beer, earn money, attract new patrons, all to accumulate the most victory points. So on that note, though, I'll turn things over to Leanne for the mechanics. If you've ever wanted to run your own bar, well, Taverns of Tiefenthal is your chance in a medieval type of setting. The name of the game translates to Taverns of the Deep Valley. That's what the rule book says. And I have to say, I mean, shout out to Wolfgang Warsh on this, because I think even with Quacks, there is such a tactile element, and Taverns definitely has that, which I'll explain as Kevin was starting to allude to. So your tavern is represented by your player board, and there are tables for guests, plus there are side rooms for making and storing beer, there's a vault for money, and there's a dishwashing area. You also have a starter deck of cards that represent your guests and the temporary staff that are going to come and go and help you run your tavern. So on each turn, you fill your tavern with guest and staff cards, then you roll dice, draft dice, and assign dice to the various action spaces in your tavern and or on the cards in order to gain victory points. Thematically, what you're doing is brewing beer, serving customers, washing dishes, and over time, upgrading various aspects of your tavern to build your victory point engine. In the middle of the table is the monastery board, which has the round tracker and the monastery tracker. There are eight rounds in the game, and at the start of each round, each player receives a bonus card or tile as indicated on the round tracker. Depending on which actions you take during the game, you can also move forward on the monastery tracker and acquire bonuses, cards, tiles, items, and victory points that way too. So here's a rundown of how a round of play goes. The starting player marker moves clockwise. 
After advancing the round tracker and receiving the round bonus, all players simultaneously fill their taverns with guests, which means what you do is reveal cards from your deck until all of your tables are full of guests. In the process of filling your tables, you might reveal cards from your deck that give you temporary additional staff for that round and or temporary additional tables, which let you seat more guests. Then everybody simultaneously rolls four white dice each and puts them on drink coasters. Yes, this game takes the tavern theme all the way. You draft one die and then you pass your coaster to your left and this continues until all the dice have been drafted. Then all players simultaneously plan their actions by assigning the dice they drafted to matching action spaces. Each action space indicates the dice values that will allow you to take that action. Once all dice have been assigned, players resolve their actions beginning with the starting player, and that's the round. Everyone cleans up their cards, the starting player marker moves clockwise, and a new round begins. This continues until eight rounds have been completed, and then the game's over, and the player with the most victory points wins. That's the basics, but wait, there's much more. The mechanics are simple, but this game is very rich in theme. There's a whole array of actions that you can choose from when assigning dice. As a really high-level overview, making and storing beer gives you the resources to recruit better, aka higher paying or even noble customers to your tavern. Then when you assign dice to guest cards to serve your customers, you earn money, which you can then spend on upgrading pieces of your tavern for victory points and greater action efficiency. The tavern upgrades are part of what makes this game really unique. Every cardboard player board is pre-cut with sections that you literally pop off, flip over, and re-snap into place like a jigsaw puzzle to visibly change your tavern over the course of the game. This game also has a variety of modules that you can choose to add on to increase the game's complexity and make your tavern even more amazing. The rules I covered are for module one, which is the most basic of the base game. Module two adds schnapps, liquor, and tavern entertainers, who for some reason only drink hard alcohol. I don't know why. That's how they get the party started. I guess so. Uh, module three adds a reputation track with more bonuses that you can earn, plus new cards for bards and also for guests who help you earn reputation and schnapps instead of money. Module four adds start cards, so that instead of all players beginning the game with the same starting deck, you'll have a variable starting setup depending on what your start card instructs you to do. Module five adds a guest book for each player and guest signature tiles. You guessed it, as with any good Euro game, this is yet another way to earn bonuses every time you recruit a new guest to add to your card deck. All five modules come with the base game. How amazing is that? And they are cumulative, meaning if you want to play with module five, you must also play with modules one through four. And that is Taverns of Tiefenthal. All right, much thanks for that rundown. So I guess it's time to go ahead and get into our notes, uh, which actually before I do one quick part about the coasters, um, while the artwork is great uh, and is definitely sized appropriately for the dice that you would put down there, we do not recommend that you use them as actual coasters. Uh, unless you happen to have a very small drink and, you know, willing to, of course, put the coaster at risk. <laughs> but anywho, so yeah, starting off with the positive notes, you know, I think if you're looking for a nice, um, I, I would say like a solid medium 
weight. Well, maybe schmedium. Schmedium weight Shmedium. game. Uh, that has a lot of variety. I mean, yeah, this game has it in spades. Uh, it's definitely a little bit heavier than Quacks, right? Because Quacks, uh, it's a bag builder. And obviously, um, you know, you're, you're trying to control the luck as much as possible. I feel like here... Uh, where there's more, of course, actions, or I guess I should say where there are actions uh, to choose from. Uh, and of course, that deck building element really has that little bit of yeah, extra complexity there. Uh, so that's nice. And then, yeah, the the theme is fun. I'll admit maybe it's not necessarily the most kid-friendly because uh, it does feature alcohol and it is a major part of the game. Uh, but, you know, they do it in, I mean, I guess I think of it as kind of a fun cartoony way and that comes back to the art where yeah i mean again i like that it's not um overly realistic but you know it has a very clear i guess what style and and implication as to what's being represented so that's kind of neat and then yeah you know as far as just combining a lot of different things it's yeah it really brings it together and i mean different things not just with the modules that liana described but also I guess what the the different what actions if you will all yeah theme together anyway yeah just I, I like that there's a lot of variety here now that being said for words of caution uh, I this is nitpicking but I, I think there's a couple of things I'll start with probably the one that bothers me a little bit more and I think is a little bit less nitpicky uh, and all the times that we've played this I haven't seen where the monastery track uh, has become you know anything of import where mm. it's something that people are are trying to do as a strategy um not sure maybe it's just the way we've been playing it and the people we've been playing it with but yeah it just hasn't seemed to be something that people push for so i feel a little disappointed because uh it's something that's literally kind of central to the game in in the sense of it's always set up and the board for the monastery track is relatively large. I mean, right? It's it's implied that it's something that yeah everybody would share and look at, but I don't know. The other side, and this is definitely more nitpicky, with all the modules, and especially if you come across the expansion. Oh my gosh! I mean, trying to figure out a good way to pack this thing up, you know, unpack it, everything. I mean, you talk about fiddly. This this is definitely a little bit fiddly. Uh, especially because you want to keep everything kind of protected, right? I mean, like Leanne was saying, it does kind of snap together as far as the pieces. And these are cardboard pieces. They're not like plastic pieces. So I'm not saying it's not durable. It's nice, thick cardboard. But again, it's cardboard. So yeah, however you want to uh, try to pack and repack. If you can imagine all these different pieces that come apart for four different players, different colors. Yeah, I don't know. It's just something that normally wouldn't bother me, but I feel like it's a small issue here. Maybe there's a, what is that, like a there's special divider an or an insert. I think this would be one of those really worth getting an insert for or a special case if you are going to get this, the base plus the expansion, right? There you go. So I guess we'll have to look into that. Got to find if there's a special thing out there or uh, if you can makeshift a case. Like I know some people carry around Splendor in like their coin case, so that's pretty neat. But Ooh. if you have any tips, by all means, share it with us. But otherwise, that's my notes. So I really, really enjoy this game. The theme is super fun, um, kid friendliness aside, I suppose. I agree with Kevin. The art is really, really beautifully done, I think. That it's it has some realism, but it also has a certain 
illustrated nostalgic kind of a charm with the way the lighting is done and the 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 way it's 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 drawn and i I love a good Euro in general because there are so many paths to victory. Take them or leave them, uh, Euro games, right? You have lots of different actions to choose from, workers or things that you're placing in order to take advantage of the different actions and, and combo them in all kinds of ways. And I really, really enjoy that. I've actually won this game at least once, which is a rarity for me. And it was sad to me that you mentioned the monastery track, Kevin, and thinking nobody was trying for it because I was trying for it, the game that I won. But I guess it wasn't noticeable. Do you feel like it really helped you? Yes. Well, all right. I guess we have to have a side strategy talk over here. I, I think it helped me because I really used my schnapps to feed them to my entertainer and renovate my inn or my tavern true i mean and you know this is again with the modules there's a lot of different ways to get the schnapps and i guess my my counterpoint is going to be on this game at least once and she's pointing out once with going for the monastery track so well and i word of caution i just it might be a trap i guess so i guess so i don't win very often with our friends so every victory is very precious to me um, and then in terms As of... As it should be. Okay, all right, thanks, Kevin. I mean, for all, I think for any person. I don't know, some of you our friends... savor that victory. Some of our friends win so often, it's kind of like, is this even special for you anymore? Hurry up and take your turn. Wow. Okay, words of caution. I agree with Kevin. There's a lot of pieces to manage, and this game does take up a bit of space. If you can imagine monastery board in the center everybody's got their tavern everybody's got cards that they're constantly laying out to fill their tavern and add things to the sides of it so definitely you need a good playing area and one that is out of reach of pets and small children um one of our friends had bought the nicer components for this so there's little physical plastic schnapps glasses for example those types of things I would definitely just yeah you want to make sure you're not in a place where that's gonna get lost or get consumed by somebody and um, that's my review all right so we'll go ahead and get into our decision so uh, for me you know my gut reaction having finally uh, kind of revisited the game a little bit and played it a few times after a I'll call it an extended break um I was initially thinking, yeah, you know, it's a it's a play, but you know, it's held up over the years actually. So, given that, I'm actually going to say it would be a purchase. I mean, I think if if a game has that much staying power, right? I mean, I played it um, a handful of times when it was brand new. Uh, played it a couple times in between. Revisited it again recently, and you know what? It was still a good time. So I think that's actually worth a purchase. So that's that's where I'm at. This is definitely a purchase for me, as you probably guessed. I would like to own this someday. It's on my wish list. There's also, so this expansion that Kevin and I have mentioned, an expansion came out in 2021 called Taverns of Tiefenthal Open Doors that has another four modules for this thing. You can add a wine cellar, you can add a guest room, there are these innkeepers that give you uh, individual skills, and there's also this mayor who rewards you when you help him develop his town into a tourist center. So we have not tried that expansion yet, but it is on my list to play someday. 
All right, well, there you have it. I mean, yeah, two purchases, so sounds like it's a good game to check out. We encourage you to take a look, and yeah, hopefully uh, we'll have some visuals up later so you can kind of get an idea of what the game looks like. But otherwise, yeah, it's a solid game. And as always, though, thanks for listening. Thank you.